I'm going to replace it with that. Uh, that is going to be the music. Oh, no. <laughs> Welcome to Launched. I'm Charlie Chapman, and today I'm excited to bring you the creator behind the beloved time tracking app, Timery, Joe Rebar. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate really appreciate you having me. I'm really excited to have you on. Uh, we, like, I think you reached out relatively soon after Dark Noise came out, but I feel like we've been in this uh, sort of parallel development path because Timery came out a couple months before Dark Noise. It was, uh, I have it written down, May, May 2019? It was... May 2019. Yep. Yeah. So you were right before WWDC that year and I was right after. Ah. And then it feels like we've sort of jumped on different things at the same time. Like I think, I don't remember which one of us beat the other one, but we both kind of got a a Mac app around the same time. And then you jumped on the menu bar app faster than me. Uh, I'm still (laughs) maybe a little bit behind on that one. Maybe you had the Mac app first. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. See, I had one thing. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But no, it's been, it's been fun like watching you go through a lot of these things uh, around the same time as me. Sure. Yeah, I I agree with that. It's been fun watching you come into in into this in this this world about the same time too. And I still use dark noise every night. So thank oh, you for man. that. Well, that's fun. Uh, and we've we've hung out, you know, virtually at mm-hmm. WWDCs. Uh, you know, not in, not in real life yet. Um, a couple no, times. Not yet. And so yeah, hopefully one of these one days, day. you know, one day. that'll that'll be a thing. But. Uh, but at least getting to do this uh, every once in a while at least helps. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so before we get into Timery and uh, you know the whole process there, I want to give everybody a little taste of who you are. So the three questions I always ask to, to start this off is, where are you from? Uh, do you have a formal education related to what you do? And then what was your career like leading up to Timery? I am originally from near Cleveland, Ohio. I oh, okay. currently live in Los Angeles by way of a few other states over the years. I don't have necessarily a a formal iOS development experience, but I have related background. My undergrad, both my undergrad and my graduate programs were in a sort of they were sort of hybrid programs that combined some aspects of art and computer science. So we had courses that were, uh, there were design courses and design history courses and typography and oh, man. even at one point, um, basic drawing. And I am not an artist. <laughs> that was fun though. Uh, but then also uh, computer science, uh, fundamentals and specific languages. Um, and then as well as all that courses in like, uh, interaction and animation, even some 3D modeling. Sounds like it was at the the intersection between computer science <laughs> and liberal arts. Is that what it is? Man, I, I got halfway through the phrase and realized I forgot the, <laughs> how it ends. <laughs> oh, no, I don't remember either. It's liberal arts and technology technology and yeah something like that oh uh, yeah she's i don't remember either way you got the you got the engineer you, you were basically uh hitting the you know steve jobs uh epicenter of i was i was right at that intersection yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was standing standing under those those street signs <laughs> which was the the programs were good for me because i don't really think of myself as a designer or not really a developer i'm kind of in between i like i like doing things in both worlds so those those particular programs were were good for me yeah i mean that sounds amazing that's that's where i like to pretend i live at least uh, <laughs> i think what it for me what it is is that in the developer engineering world i like to be like oh yeah i i'm i'm more of a design person and then in the design yeah. world it's like oh i'm more of an engineer person and so yeah, in either yeah. world i have the excuse of why i'm bad sure uh, sure because yeah, they don't know that i'm also bad at the other one uh, <laughs> <laughs> totally me too <laughs> that's cool okay so then uh coming out of that program which direction did you start out with career-wise uh 
out coming out of grad school, I was mostly doing flash stuff. Okay. Good old, yeah. I mean, that good old flash. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> um, and actually my, my grad school thesis project, um, was an interactive flash exploration of electoral college reform proposals. Ooh. I in, in actually in both my undergrad and my my grad program I did a political science minor to go with it. Ah, nice. Okay. So this was uh, in addition to uh, explaining what some of the more popular electoral college reform proposals are and what they do, how they work. You could select from a set of past presidential elections and apply each of the reform proposals to that election to see how it could have changed the outcome of the election. Interesting. How would you do that for, I mean, the, the popular one, thanks to probably CGP Grey, is the first past the post, you know, ranking. How would you do that? Because you don't have data for that. That one wasn't included, yeah, because that ah, okay. that would have been impossible to ask somebody in 1860 who was who would be their second yeah. choice for <laughs> for president. Yeah, <laughs> you had to just uh, just apply ML, and then you magically yeah, know sure. everybody. Uh, isn't that what you're supposed to do in research papers now? I'll ask the uh, I'll ask Siri to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was a that was a fun that was a fun little project. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, that combined both the the what I was for my going for my major, but also the other interest of mine, political science. And I mean, you know, pulling forward a little bit, uh, I imagine there's lots of nice laid out uh, graphs, graphing that data that maybe has some translations to what you're doing with Timery now. Uh, it was mostly um, a map and I would color oh. each of the states uh, according to whatever the results are for that election, plus what uh, reform proposal was applied at the time. And oh, you can hover over each of the states and you get a breakdown of, get a little chart, a breakdown of what the results would be. Nice. So you came, so you came out of school and you got a job like at a company doing uh, Flash then? Yeah, I was mostly doing like Flash widgets, like for websites or for like, um, for some internal internal applications at, at the start. Um, and then a friend of mine from grad school went after grad school, went on to work at ESPN in the broadcast graphics department. These, this is the team that is responsible for making graphics for live ESPN productions, whether they're sports center shows or like other studio shows or for sporting events a football game, basketball game, whatever. And these are like the super fancy pre-rendered things, but also you need live scores and all of that stuff to go with it, right? Correct. Yeah. So some, some depending on the, the teams. Yeah. Some people are doing the, the pre-rendered. Yeah. Real fancy, what you said, fancy stuff. But then also like during a game, the full screens where you've got the different stats that are happening, those are all done. Those are, they're real, it's done in a real time 3D renderer. So it's a, it's a, an application. It's not, of course, as powerful as a, a rendering system that's going to take hours to do a single frame, but right. it's, you still have depth and shading and lighting. And it's the real time aspect is so that somebody in the control room or in in, in a, an event, the truck can input the the data for whatever application is they're you're using it for. So that's what that that's what that team would do. And the, this this friend of mine uh, encouraged me to apply to the team, so I did, and I got hired, and I was brought on specifically to make. Uh, touchscreen graphics for hosts and analysts to use during broadcasts. And what what time period are we talking about? This was about two thousand eight nine. Okay, so this is like right around the iPhone and like the Surface Microsoft Surface. If you remember, yep, that was a big big screen with ten finger multi touch. That was kind of a big deal. Yes, uh, this yeah, this was um, also around the 
when uh, on CNN, John King using the the magic wall during ah, the, yeah. the 2008 presidential <laughs> election. Yeah, yeah. And those, I guess those were just totally custom things then? There was no like off-the-shelf TV-sized touchscreens at that point, I guess. The, there was a company uh, called Perceptive Pixel. That rings bells. Which Microsoft later bought them. Okay, that's why that rings bells. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they... They made um, capacitive touchscreens at, at giant scale, okay. at giant sizes. So that's what we had been using. That's what we were using at the time. That's and I awesome. believe that's what that's what CNN was using too for the Magic Wall. I'm not sure what they they use currently because I think they still have touchscreen action. But that's what we used at the time. Interesting. So what was like? What was the language that that was in? Was it some proprietary thing that some system that brought all these things together used the they were built using the the same real-time 3d renderer uh that the regular graphics are used it's uh made by a company called VizRT, which is called viz viz artist and ah. it has a it has a programming language built into it uh it's based on visual basic oh wow and it's <laughs> It's, like to to this day or at the time? Uh, to this day. Wow. This day. Okay. Man, <laughs> Visual Basic. I haven't seen any Visual Basic code in a long time. <laughs> so I got to learn that. <laughs> so the 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 Viz is not. Uh, it's not designed to make touchscreen graphics, but if you push it hard enough you can make some touchscreen graphics with it. So that's what I was doing. <laughs> so we made stuff, started started off with SportsCenter, but then branched from there. But we would make, we made um, uh, for the NFL and NBA draft where you'd have uh, a list of teams on one side and you have a list of various players on the other side. And then the analyst can project who was going to which team or uh, simulate some trades and show how that could affect the the, the draft uh, we had a telestrator where the analyst had video clips uh, like say a play from a particular game and they could play pause to go through it but then also draw lines and circles and arrows ah, okay. on it just to break down whatever it was that they wanted to show about that particular play and uh, another one that I was fond of that uh, it was Oh, what did the analyst call it? Uh, the cap machine. This was the summer that I forget what year it was. The summer that LeBron James was shopping around uh, where to mm, to go play at the decision. Yes, that. <laughs> and it had a rosters for all of the teams, and then as you took players in or out of the team, it would go through this complex set of calculations to determine the how much money the team was spending and whether or they were above or below the the league mandated uh salary cap so teams can only spend so much money on their players so this would calculate how much they were above or below that that was a lot of fun it was very there were very complex calculations going on but that, that was a lot of fun too <laughs> yeah and what's cool about all these is like Sure, there's the sort of whiz-bang entertainment, this looks fancy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's that, right? Sometimes it's mm -hmm. a slide deck and they're just moving between slides. Sure. But yeah. something like yeah. that is a person being able to articulate a complicated point uh, way more clearly to everybody. Yes. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's like John Madden uh, with the old right. you know, drawing circles on the screen kind of thing. It was a way to actually articulate a point in a way that wasn't really possible before. And you're kind yes. of, I guess, getting to build these sort of custom solutions to uh, to enable these hosts to do that, which is, I don't know, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. And yes, it was because they could just be a, a talking head on a show. It's just saying these things about, you know, this person go here, this person, person can go there. This is how it might affect what this other team does. Or they could use the touchscreen to show all of that and explain it too. And that's, that makes for good TV. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Okay. So you're doing this. So you're doing, uh, 
multi-touch development in maybe an obscure yep. <laughs> uh, system, but either way, it's the same kind of concept as the iPhone Android touchscreen revolution is is happening mm-hmm. uh, in the sort of broader world. What eventually brought you there? Uh, I wouldn't be there yet for a little while. So I was still doing broadcast touchscreen graphics for for some time. So I did, uh, and actually back to back to my friend Flash, the show Sports Nation on ESPN. It they I there was a very fun and fun loving show, and made uh, Flash games for the the hosts to use. They used like on air yeah yeah on the touchscreen this was just a this wasn't one of the perspective perce- excuse me perceptive pixel touchscreens is just okay. a, or just a regular i think like with the infrared overlay around the frame ah yeah yeah but they would use they would have have differently themed games to uh like there were questions that would be posed to people in sports nation so to vote online to like will what are the percent chances that so and so is going to do this thing? Okay, so during people watching could play these flash games. No, no, they would vote online before the show on for whatever polls or whatever questions they would they would have, and then the hosts on the show then would try to guess what what the the nation said about whatever gotcha. the question was like whether if, would person a or person b do this thing and instead of doing that on the big multi-touch you know screens that they were using before was this like some smaller flash based thing or were these also really big screens these were also really big oh, okay. so it was like uh i don't know like 82 inch screen or something like that oh man <laughs> where where they would have just the, these games like one of them was a like a match game, like 1970s match game themed, or one was like chalkboard themed, one was a pirate themed. They were just all just a lot of fun. But yeah, they were all they were all done in Flash. Okay, that was actually a show that I accidentally ended up as a an extra on one time. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> like physically uh, in the background or something? Yes, yes. <laughs> so I one of the fortunate things about about that job that I, I really appreciate is I got to work with a lot of really great and talented people, whether they were on the team that brought the the graphics team that I was on, just people who just did absolutely wizard things with with animation and just everything there. But also the like the directors and the producers and the the stage managers and the the steady cam operators. I got to work with a lot of fun people and and that show in particular, I spent a lot of time with with that crew, and they they were doing a show where they were counting down bracket style, like uh, fun clips that they would have shown on previous on all the previous episodes of the show, just trying to pick out which one was the best one or their favorite one. And for whatever reason, I don't remember why they did a Karate Kid themed show for this this particular one. And so they were going to be using the touchscreen a lot, playing these games, guessing what the nation would say. And the producer, one of the producers asked me, hey, can you just be on hand and on on the set just in case something goes wrong? You can help us quickly figure out what went wrong and get it back working. I said, yeah, sure. Okay. So I get down to the studio and the stage manager sees me and uh, lovingly shoves a, a Cobra Kai costume at me <laughs> and says, here, put this on. <laughs> oh, man. You're not just like so, in the background. <laughs> You're Cobra Kai? Yeah, yeah. So uh, anytime they were using the touchscreen, there was one one of the hosts was on one side and the other host was on the other side. Um, and this was Michelle Beadle. She was the Cobra Kai and she had each of them had uh, like a couple uh, I guess crew members if you will uh, just supporting them cheering them on I got to be one of them so anytime they were at the touchscreen there I was too <laughs> right on <Wow>. camera <laughs> is this is this online somewhere uh, I don't know I do have I do have a picture <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I don't know I'm gonna open anywhere. that up in a uh <laughs> In a separate tab here, and uh, I'll I'll continue that search after this after recording. <laughs> That's awesome. So that was that was a lot of 
excuse me. That was a lot of fun working on that show. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. That's fun. I mean, it's a it's a very different thing than most software development where mm-hmm. um, you're building a thing and then you're you're sort of shipping it out to the world and then there's that that weird silence where you wait for feedback yeah. and no feedback yeah. oftentimes means it's working. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and in this world, it's like there's a lot more engagement. I mean, maybe horrified uh, engagement, especially if you're not <laughs> on hand and you happen to be watching where you're just like, oh, please, please work. There, if you've seen it like fail multiple times when you're debugging, uh, I can't imagine watching that animation go and just be like, oh my gosh. There was there was definitely some of that where <laughs> you'd be I'd be sitting at my desk working on something, but then have in the background, there'd be a TV of, of Sports Center, let's say, and just watch it's like, Oh my God, what just happened? And you're watching it live on TV. Oh. It's like, Oh God, I can't do anything. So I'm just like, okay, noted. I will, uh, fix that. <laughs> Man. Yeah. That's brutal. I mean, I guess, I guess the closest thing is if you work at a company that does big reveals with live demos, mm-hmm. uh, but essentially every use of your application was a live demo. Golly, yeah. man. Like when I think of it in those terms, I'm just, I'm like getting sweaty. Uh, golly, man, that's, uh, yeah, that's intense. But it, it was fun because I did get to work with all of the people who were using the stuff yeah, too. So yeah, that's I, true. Oh, I was usually the person who went to the studios to show them, show them how the things worked and teach them the, all the bits and bobs of all of the graphics. Well, and like, it makes me think the the few times I've seen somebody using my software, we and I've I've never had like I know some indie developers have talked about seeing people use their app in the wild. I've definitely mm-hmm. never had that. Uh, yeah, at my scale. neither have I. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but like even seeing somebody use enterprise software, you just kind of see it when you're walking by desks sure. or or seeing mm-hmm. my family members using my app. There is like sort of this cool feeling like okay this is a thing i made and it's actually just being used like yep i made it here it is this person is using it that's awesome that (laughs) that's cool okay so so you were doing all of that so let's what's the sort of next step then uh the next step was um after espn i went to work for another small broadcast graphics company uh that's what brought me to la um that one so i was doing the 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 same sort of stuff so touchscreen graphics for live sports broadcasts uh the particular thing i worked on at this job was a a a years-long project was a um a football analysis tool a a proper football i should say soccer for for us Uh, americans okay okay. (laughs) (laughs) so it had like um in its various variations, it had standings and res- match results and schedules and Telestrator for clips again and heat maps and pass maps and shot charts. It was a very I don't I don't like using the word complex because it wasn't complex to use, but it was a very comprehensive. Uh, it had a lot of a lot of pieces, yeah, <laughs> to it, and this. This particular job and project, um, I got to do a lot of international travel, which was fun. Oh, that's cool. So I got to spend a lot of time in London, which I learned I really love London. And I think if I could kind of poof myself somewhere (laughs) and, uh, hey, now I live here, it probably would be London. (laughs) But I also spent a lot of time in Paris, um, a lot of time in Qatar in in the Persian Gulf, and um, some time in some places in Germany too. So again, doing the same stuff, but working with, with different crews around the world. Nice. Um, so I guess the, what's the sort of transition over into, or how did you end up getting into the mobile development mm-hmm. uh, world? Again, like you're doing touchscreen based interactive design stuff, mm-hmm. but it's definitely a different, a different world. Sure. Sure. So I had been working on this this football project for a few years, and I was kind of getting burned out from it. And about the same time, I felt like I wanted to learn how to make an iPhone app. Because I, I kind of felt for a while that that was next in my 
interaction, interactive journey that is start with like websites and website front ends and flash, interactive flash things, and then broadcast touchscreens. It just felt for me like making an iPhone app was the next thing that I wanted to do. So I left that job and I learned how to make an iPhone app. I went through a, a series of tutorials and then at the end of it, I was thinking, hmm, I should uh, figure something out to practically apply all of these things that I learned. So I built a weather app. This is, uh, I built Partly Sunny. It was not because there were a shortage of weather apps in the app store. There were and there are still apps that I really liked, weather apps that I really like, and I just wanted to make one that did the sort of things that I wanted a weather app to do, to sort of put my own spin on on a weather app. So I got to work work on that. And what was uh, what was sort of your own spin on that then? I wanted to have both uh, sort of glanceable information. I'm going to use that word that Apple likes to use, and but also detailed information. So like if you wanted just to quickly see what was happening, you could. But then if you wanted more details from there, you could also get that too. But with the goal being they wouldn't get in your way. Mm, yeah. And so was, I guess to, to back up just a second, um, mm -hmm. like you said, you you left that job. Were you then, was the goal to do this full time, like become an indie iOS app developer? That was kind of the goal from the outset? That was one of the goals too. So yeah, learn how to make learn how to make an app, and then I did, and also then use that sort of as a, as I was applying to some full time iOS jobby jobs that I could say, okay, here's something that I built, and here's ah, here's what okay. I can do. That makes sense. Yeah, so that was that was the idea behind that. And then, so how did the how did that app launch go? Uh, it was very quiet at first. Like there's people I knew, I think downloaded it. <laughs> and, and then I was, uh, very fortunate that, uh, Mac stories covered it. So thank you, Federico and Jake, who, <laughs> yeah. who wrote the, <laughs> who wrote the, the review of that. And, uh, it did pretty well after that. So, and what was the business model for that one then? Was it paid up front or? That at the time was paid up front. Yeah. Okay. This was in 2016. So I'm not, I think this was before that, before anybody could add subscriptions. Uh, yeah. Like subscriptions existed, but they were reserved for certain types of apps. And right. Stuff. They were exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So that did well. And th did it keep kind of doing well for you, even with uh, the sort of paid up front, um, things trail off story yeah it did it did um it did pretty well at first and it was better than i had thought um i at the same time was applying to 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 jobs but uh those didn't go anywhere um and so at at the same time uh the nfl network reached out to me and asked me if i wanted to come do broadcast touchscreens for them so i went and did to do that for a little while, but while also still working on Arn Partly Sunny. So at one point I had added, I did end up adding a subscription when that was available for, okay. for all apps to use. So for that, that was for more data intensive things like, like radar, for example, because weather data is not cheap. Yeah. That's kind of <laughs> weather apps were sort of the, uh, the canonical example of it's it's pretty easy to tell the story of why subscriptions make sense because yes <laughs> every user costs you direct money exactly. uh, it's a pretty like clear cut <laughs> exactly. uh story there so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah because initially i so i guess when you were paid up front you were just avoiding using the um data calls that were costing lots of money and it wasn't until you added subscriptions that you like sort of became a little more aggressive on that yeah, it wasn't to the, the, the subscriptions, I think, allowed me to yeah add some more things that then cost me money so that right. I can have more recurring revenue because that's important for a weather app. <laughs> right. And then is partly sunny. Did you, is it still in the store or did you pull that? It still is still is there. Oh, it still is. In the store. Okay. Yeah, it's still there. Um, 
I'm sorry for everybody who who might use it. It hasn't gotten a whole lot of love since Timery came came around. <laughs> so I apologize for that, but it is still there, and I'm I'm really hoping that uh, with so it, it uses Dark Sky as its data right. provider for forecasts. So I'm really hoping <laughs> yeah. that uh, with Dark Sky going away at the end of this year, that Apple is going to come out with a maybe a weather kit. We should hopefully figure that out in a couple weeks uh, as of recording time. Uh, yeah, I'm also really hoping for that because I not to go off on too much of a tangent here, but I mm-hmm. love I love the idea of Apple sort of taking the brunt of the cost of yes, <laughs> um, at least some of the like easier, uh, not as expensive data calls or whatever, and sort of for sure. I, not, not that they're crazy expensive, but I think most apps avoid pulling that in unless it's something needed for the app. And I like the idea of weather, kind of like some calendar apps have started doing, weather becoming yeah. like, how can that integrate into your app in a way right, that right. isn't like the foundational purpose of your app, but could still mm-hmm. bring some kind of value. I think there's... Yeah, it's a nice little touch to to whatever else the app is doing. Exactly. Yeah, I think there's a lot of cool stuff that could be... Um, that could be done with that. And so, yeah, that would be really exciting. I agree. So let's go weather kit. <laughs> yeah. Weather kit. Come on. Um, <laughs> okay. So you have partly sunny out, um, but you're not full time on it anymore because you know, you, you have a, a normal full time job now. Um, right. What eventually led you to timery then? So for the NFL network, I was hourly and for my own purposes, I had to clock in and clock out. Mm. And for my own benefit, I started tracking my time to make sure that I was hitting the amount of hours I was supposed to be working. Right. And also because for our lunch breaks, we had to take a certain amount of time. And if we took less than that amount of time, then we would be penalized for it. So uh. I was always making sure that I was both working the amount of hours I was supposed to and then not uh, taking too short of a lunch break. Right. And I, I'm pretty sure it was because of Federico at Mac Stories. I had been using what was then at the time Workflow and the, um, the time tracking service Toggle, which has a really great, robust API. So I was using... Uh, workflow workflows to interface with the toggle API and toggle at the time only had a website. Is that right? I'm not sure. I think they okay. may have had an app at the time too, an iPhone app at the time. I, I, you might not want to say it, but, uh, I, I was not a person who used it, but I listened to lots of podcasts where they talked about how much they love toggle, but always complained about the, app experience by the time that app did come out. So, uh, <laughs> not to make you say anything negative, but, uh, at least from other people, uh, I know there was a demand for a maybe nicer, uh, phone user experience. <laughs> well, I was, I had been using the API. I had set up with the, the workflow widget, a, a series of, uh, individual workflows for each of the projects that I was working mm. on. So anytime I would want to start tracking my time on something, I'd swipe over to the widget, hit the project, and then I think at the time it launched the app, it would give me a list of things related that I had set up related to that project, and I can select one. And then with those two pieces of information, each of those individual workflows then called uh, another workflow that d- did the actual uh, interfacing with the toggle API. So I made this little uh, thanks to the run workflow action, the these little reusable functions, if you will. And ultimately, this was just for having very quick access to starting and stopping like a specific timer. Exactly. Okay. Yes. So this was uh, very uh, beneficial once I uh, started working on, on timery. So at, at, I'll come back to that at a certain point, I realized I wanted to do more with, with time tracking. Mm. 
with my setup. So there might be a situation where I'm, I started tracking one thing, but then I realized I'm actually working on this other thing. So I need to change the thing I'm working on, or I need to change the start time, for example. And I was just using, I'm pretty sure at the time I was just using the toggle website to make those changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I realized, yeah, I was just using the toggle website to, to, to do that. And I thought I, I, one, one route I could have taken was making more workflows and more complex workflows to do all of that editing through the toggle API. But then I realized, Hmm, wait a minute. I have some experience working with, with an API and JSON data uh, from partly sunny. So how about I make an app instead? So I started working on Timery. And one of the first things I did in the app was this, the, the app has a, one of the, the main sections is save timers, where you can save a list of the most frequently used things you track your time for. And that was directly from how I was using workflow at the time. So to have uh, the projects that I was using just to quickly start tracking uh, my time for that one particular thing. Right. So was the was the initial thought, like once you decided I'm going to make an app, was the idea like I'm going to release this and, you know, make some money off of this? Or was it one of those like, I just want this for myself. It doesn't matter if it's ugly. I'm just trying to solve this one problem. Uh, initially it was that initially it was just a thing that I made for myself because I, I just wanted to have, uh, an easy way to interface with toggle. I just wanted to have a, a, a different app experience. And so i started making my own, so similar to like the weather apps. I just, I just wanted to have my own spin on, on this thing to do the, to do the things that I wanted it to do. And so you're, you're talking about workflow whenever you're talking about this story, which tells me mm-hmm. if I'm getting my dates right, I think the Shortcuts app came out in 2018. And if that's the case, I know that Workflow was bought by Apple and kind of disappeared for like a year or two. So this would be like 2016 or 2017, maybe time frame. I. Uh- the workflow, my workflow setup, yeah, I believe was 2017, and I started working on Timer in 2018. Okay. So this is maybe right before or right around the time that Shortcuts then came out? I think so, yes. Okay. Well, and I only bring this up because once it did eventually come out, Shortcuts uh, support was very much uh, kind of embedded into yes. the, the ethos <laughs> of the app. Um, but I'm getting a little very ahead much, of myself yes. here. So Sure. Did you use this as your own sort of uh, hacky, maybe ugly uh, tool that you made for yourself for a while? Or did it kind of, while you're developing it, grow into, oh, maybe this is a product I could sell? Yes, that was that was the case. So I started with the save timers and then eventually added the time entry. So it would show a list of your logged time entries for, for the past week. And built it so I could edit them because that was the whole that was the whole point of making an app instead of making more workflows so that I'd be able to actually edit the my my time entries. So at some point I don't remember when it was. At some point I realized mm, I think I have something here that could be beneficial to just more to more than me, not just me. So it's when I started adding some I got it to a, a, a more shareable state from there and then uh, started adding some some early beta testers, people who I knew were using Toggle to track their time and asked them if they wanted to check out this app and they thankfully agreed to do that and uh, they gave me lots of great feedback and lots of encouragement and to continually uh, develop into what would become the, the 1.0 version. So how did you... How did you decide where that 1.0 cutoff was going to be then? Because it seems like there's an endless list of ideas and things. Uh, there is most certainly an endless list. <laughs> yeah. And like with automation stuff like this, um, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of guessing here. But even the little bit that I dabble in this space, I feel it where once you start dabbling in that, uh, 
everybody has a very unique situation that's kind of different. So it's not like, oh, 98% of people want these three things. And so I can like kind of target that. It feels like everybody has like almost a different specific thing that like unlock something for their workflow. So I assume as the beta group grew, you just kept getting more and more diverse uh, ideas and requests and stuff. Yes, I I definitely did. And um, I, I can't remember though, where I decided to, to draw that line, but as, because at the same time, I, I hadn't been, I, I didn't have a, at the same time, I didn't have a jobby job when I was starting to work on, on timery. And um, I needed to have one because bills need to get paid and whatnot. So. Yeah, <laughs> money is important in uh, <laughs> to to live in society. Yeah, money is important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, fortunately, the NFL asked me to to come back because they um, I was only able to work initially for a, a, a brief amount of time before I, I had to take a break because of their their employment rules. But ended up going back to work there and. The actually the beta the initial beta for Timery was uh, a lot longer than probably would have been, but that was because that I needed to uh, ah okay to have a jobby job. But at some point it did I I did say okay we're finishing finishing this up and we're gonna get this re- released. And I want to say that was maybe early May of 2019 because I wanted to get it out before WWDC 2019. That's what I was about to ask because uh, the way that I looked up some of the dates for years was literally to just search Timery Mac stories because <laughs> they like love. <laughs> I mean, there is a there is a deep contention of people who who love this app, um, but Mac stories I know does, and they have like all of your launches nicely cataloged for me. Um, and I noticed a trend where major releases were happening uh, around May, right before WWDC. So is that sort of your catalyst, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, for <laughs> for getting like that V1 version out? It sounds like the answer is yes. Yes, that was definitely uh, the catalyst. I'll use the same word for getting that that version one out. Yeah, I, I wanted to, I wanted to have something out before then. Um, I can't remember the timeline, but I did go to. I didn't. I wasn't at WWDC twenty nineteen, but I was uh, WWDC adjacent. So I was. I was there around around san jose and Ah. hanging out with people so i definitely wanted to have something out before then that makes sense so then i could i could meet people and meet and uh and all the mac stories the mac stories guys too i was able to meet them and i'm still so incredibly thankful (sighs) for all of their their coverage of it just so (laughs) grateful of it yeah thank you yeah so I guess I guess one question is with the um, the amount of feedback that you get, how do you track? Like, how do you do project tracking? Do you use some sort of specific app for that? For like you know tasks and uh, bug reports and ideas and stuff. Uh, I've got a Trello board to to um, I track all that. So either stuff I'm working on for for a particular release or then the feature request to yeah bug reports those all go in there so leading up to that initial launch then was it kind of your traditional software approach of like descope until you get to the point where <laughs> you've cut out enough things that you can actually hit this date yeah that that's that's yeah that's about it <laughs> um what kind of marketing did you do i mean obviously you had this beta group um <laughs> I can I can just see you laughing. Uh, the, the audience can't see you. Um, I mean, so from my perspective, they they are splashy launches, um, but it does seem like there's a there's a contingent of people in the press where this has just become a really valuable tool for them, and so that makes sense. But this initial version, obviously, that wasn't the case. So how did you build up that? Um, I, audience isn't really the right word, but I guess that those press relations, was it kind of through partly sunny, you had some contacts and then you were sort of seeding the beta out to everybody hoping it would catch on with somebody? Uh, it was mostly the, just through the beta. Yeah. Having people who, um, now I, I didn't add them to the beta in the hopes that 
that they would talk about it or write about about timery. I just had known that they were using it and I knew that they were using Toggle to track their time and thought they might want to check this out and see how it how I can improve it from from just the ideas that I had and get their feedback and ideas for it too. And was that mostly just cold uh like emails, DMs, like, hey, I have the thing. If you're curious, you want to check it out? Yes, it started out with that way, and then some. Some of the beta testers would say, "Hey, so and so also uses Toggle That's to track the time. Can can they uh, can they hop on the beta too?" And so add some more people, and kind of uh, grew from there. Yeah, That's awesome. I I am like a huge proponent of uh, long beta cycles for especially big releases, initial releases, or big mm-hmm. new things. In part because I I do think that that obviously it gives you lots of good feedback, but it also sure. helps build a little bit of hype and um, mm-hmm. gives you the opportunity to sort of collect a decent number of people who will have some investment in that launch. And some of which might be press, some of which might just be uh, people who, you know, live in that space or whatever. And uh, it can make for a much more exciting uh, launch that way. <laughs> Yes, I agree. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so then uh, how did the launch go? Obviously, you did, as I already alluded to, you got a Mac Stories write up, which uh, at least for me was like the ultimate exciting thing when that when that happened with Dark yes. Noise. Um, but how did everything else go? Uh, it went beyond my imagination for for how it was going to go. So it was Mac Stories had covered it, and and. Cortex podcast and connected also they all mentioned it or were talking about it so it was just thank you again to everybody who who has used it and shared it and shared about it and talked about it it just just beyond my my expectations for for doing this because as I mentioned I initially built this for me it was just a, a silly little thing that I made for myself and then to see it being also beneficial to so many other people is very rewarding. So yeah. thank you. <laughs> Have you. Like you mentioned those podcasts. Uh, it feels like it's a pretty regular occurrence that Timery uh, is brought up in a large number of the podcasts I listen to. <laughs> is that, has the excitement of hearing your name get brought up uh, worn off or is it still like gives you little goosebumps every time? Oh, it's still, it's still very 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 much rewarding and it's still like what they're talking about my app yeah that's oh man that's so cool (laughs) so uh the initial version of this was subscription right yeah i i started it with it was a free right from the start it was free to download and then it's a subscription a monthly or yearly subscription to fully unlock the app and what was i had that built in from the start how did you delineate you know the free versus premium tiers like pick what goes what gets behind the paywall just uh i wanted to give in the free version what i thought was enough of a a taste if you will of what the the app could do and then just if you wanted more then here you can get more so so after it came out then um obviously then we had wwdc what was Mm -hmm. what was sort of the game plan going forward then I assume similar to your beta period, once you opened it up to way more people, you just had a big influx of new ideas coming in. Yes, absolutely. I have uh, n- new ideas coming in. And then 2019, that was dark mode. I what think so. Dark, yeah. dark mode, parameterized, short, param- parameterized shortcuts. Timery had a dark mode in it already but then i hooked into the system one then two and then reworked uh and expanded the shortcuts offerings to take advantage of all of the the new the new parameters available in shortcuts actions nice and like how do you um how do you manage all these new ideas coming in from people um, and prioritize those. Is it is it also just like a Trello board and based on the number of requests you're getting for something that maybe pulls it up to a higher priority? Or is it more like this sounds fun to work on and so I'll go after that? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Yeah. It's definitely a little <laughs> both. And, and, also, and also a little bit of, well, 
with this being my app, this is a little bit of this is how I think it should work and what what I want to have in the app and have what features I want to add. So it's a little bit of all, a little bit of all of that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I I never want to add anything that I'm myself am not excited about. Okay. Adding and working on. So it's I'm always having that in mind too. Interesting. So like if it's even if it's something that seems like it's highly requested, if it when you say excited, you mean literally like you would use it yourself or be excited to have it in there. Yeah, just again back to like this is this is I guess um, I, I don't want to feel like or I don't want to seem like um, pretentious or anything, but like this is my vision for a time tracking app. <laughs> yeah, it's an expression of yourself to a degree. Yeah, this is this is me coming out <laughs> in time tracking. <laughs> I mean, you, you're laughing, but there there definitely is something to that. Like we even talked about earlier, uh, you're putting a, a thing out into the world with your name attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just you like there's no obviously there's just other people's me. input but like right, ultimately right. everything is sort of flowing through you and so mm-hmm. um, it does kind of come to represent you at least in your mind uh, uh, <laughs> to a degree yeah so that wasn't uh, I'm sorry that was not meant to be uh, to sound pretentious or like I'm no, really yeah, myself I live here, in app, here all the time. only my ideas are the good <laughs> ideas no <laughs> no 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 <laughs> it's just like I want to I want to be excited about what I'm working on so um, so I want to add those things and those those are a lot of things that people have suggested and and how how they use the app too because I try to make I've I've tried to make the, the app pretty flexible of how how it works so that way people with different workflows and use different in different devices and whatnot can still get good benefit out of it and who may not work like me and how and how I have everything set up. So fast forwarding a bit then, uh the next like big feature um that came out was the Mac app version. It's funny, uh, again, rereading through those Mac stories uh, articles of the original launch. And uh, I noticed, I think it was John Voorhees uh, specifically called out how, you know, he's on his Mac all day, but even though he's on his Mac, he, it's still worth pulling out his phone because it's so much easier to use. And then he said, mm-hmm. but this sounds like a perfect, uh, perfect <laughs> example of, of what we should have for these Marzipan apps that are coming. Cause this is before, you know, catalyst had even been yep. announced. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually, eventually uh, that did come to fruition, but how did that come about from your perspective? Was that also a, I'm excited about having this for myself kind of thing? Uh, it was that is definitely a both thing that there was a lot of a lot of uh, requests for having a Mac app and then uh, me sitting here developing I was like anytime I would need to start or stop time entries I'd be grabbing another device too it's like or I could make a Mac app and then <laughs> make everybody happy and do it this way instead <laughs> and you waited for the second version like the the second year after catalyst came out right yeah not for any particular reason but it oh, okay. just that's the way it worked out i i should know that because again like we just talked about i was on the same trajectory <laughs> but i was like i can't remember did i do that on the first i think it was the second one. uh <laughs> which i mean i did think was probably for the other, yeah well the i think i tried okay. initially and it was the first version was pretty rough um, is definitely mm-hmm. a lot harder to work with. And I had sure. things that I was working on, uh, as well. Yep. And so, yep. um, probably a similar thing to you. So how was, how was that process making a Mac app? Uh, you know, this is going back to, you know, mouse and keyboard based interactions, which you'd been in touchscreen land for, for a very long time. It sounds for, like for, for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was good. Cause it, I think it, um, got me using the Mac a little bit more too because I'm I feel like I'm primarily an iPad and iPhone user uh, and then except for the times that I'm actually working on the working in Xcode I don't use the Mac or I hadn't been using the Mac a whole lot so I think that did bring me back to the Mac a, lot, uh, a good amount too and it was just a, a matter of then realizing okay, to be a good Mac app, it needs to have quicker input and lots of keyboard shortcuts. And so 
those are also things that benefit the iPhone and iPad app. So it was a win forever. All, all the devices. Virtuous cycle. Um, exactly. <laughs> and that was that kind of where you spent a, a large part of your time then was uh, kind of the, the keyboard shortcuts and, and making it, I'm doing air quotes here, Mac-like in that regard. That, uh, that and the, um, the menu bar item. Yes. Which isn't officially supported in catalyst apps but you can make one if you try hard enough (laughs) (laughs) and for a time tracking app is a pretty huge deal like having that quick access um it's very beneficial i think and how is how is that received then did you kind of do a similar thing um leading up to the launch of that i'm trying to remember did we have test flight at that time on the mac no, that's right. Not, okay. Sadly. Yeah. Uh, the Mac app, Timery Mac app launched. It didn't have the, the menu bar item at first. Mm-hmm. And that was a big request, uh, after launching, after launching it. Um, so figured that out and got that working into, so then brought that in a subsequent, subsequent update, update to, to the Mac app. And that, I think, has been pretty well received. I think it's really beneficial being able to see you can have the current running time entry in the menu bar and just right there to make sure, is this the thing I'm working on? Yeah. Oh, wait, I'm still am working on this. Now. Let's stop that. So just, again, having quick access to things, just to try to make make it easy to people for people to use. Yeah. And then did you see a... Uh, like change in sales and stuff. I'm sure like day of maybe, but did it have an impact um, sort of on the, the business side of things? Uh, having a Mac up, yes, has very much, very much uh, helped in in that regard. There, I think there have been a lot more people who have, who have uh, tried out Timery because it's also available on Mac. And it's a universal app right in the sense yes. that mm-hmm. yeah if mm-hmm. you have a subscription it you yep. kind of get both it versions works everywhere for free. yep mm-hmm. nice and then uh, i don't think it, it's not out yet right but uh i've been seeing teases of an apple watch app uh over the last yes. couple months <laughs> and like you know my my spider sense is tingling uh you know not to like jump the gun on anything here but are you are you trying to race uh out before wwdc for this one as well what would give you that idea? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, okay. I am the I am the silly person who works on major versions of their app right before WWDC. You're clearing this is now the deck. my third time doing it. <laughs> you're you're doing like uh, you know, today Apple discontinued the iPod. They're clearing the decks before WWDC. You're just kind of getting your stuff out there so you can have a fresh slate whenever WWDC comes out. That's that that really is the goal. Yeah, so I can I can start working on stuff that's the new stuff that's coming see i'm and the crazy person who tries to get in that hole of like august where there's not a whole lot uh, because it's dumb <laughs> to do that because what that means is i have i have a branch of like the current thing i'm working on and then another branch that's like <laughs> the fun uh, new stuff that i need to get out in yep. september whenever apple releases things yep. and i don't recommend <laughs> anybody do that but for some reason that's what i keep doing uh <laughs> so <laughs> For me, it's just working on all the stuff before WWDC, hoping hoping that uh, what gets announced a few weeks later doesn't massively change anything <laughs> I just worked on. <laughs> That's awesome. So how has, I mean, obviously we don't have to talk about, you know, uh, trade secrets or anything, but how has the development of the Watch app been going? Because that's obviously that's going to be all in Swift UI. Had you been using that at all in your iPhone or Mac stuff? So yes, this is this is all done in SwiftUI now. Um, the only experience I had with SwiftUI before this was with the iOS 14 widgets. Oh so when yeah, those yeah. Came along. I was I I think it was were there three different widgets. So the there was an initial widget in Timery back when you could actually interact with with widgets yeah the old today extensions exactly exactly and that actually that's still in the app if you want it but then when when um the ios 14 widgets came out then i was i was big into those too and wanted to make sure there was 
a, a significant offering there. So that's where I have some Swift UI experience. And then when last year when I added the reports features to to the app, those are built using the same or similar uh, pieces that the widgets use. Okay. So so coming then into the watch app, then I at least I wouldn't say I had um, some some in-depth experience with Swift UI, but I at least knew what I was getting into and what to expect and and if I've not necessarily using the same pieces again for the watch app, but I was able to use at least the same concepts of things I had already right. figured out for the widgets and whatnot. So that was been very helpful and actually has made some parts of it go a lot quicker and easier than I thought they were going to. So that's been very welcome. <laughs> well, that's interesting to hear because I always hear horror stories about watchOS mm. development. I think mostly to do with the oh, there are some the hardware. Too, yeah, I was about worry. to say like <laughs> the develop the the debugging situation sounds like kind of a nightmare. I guess you have experienced yes. that. Then. <laughs> Dang <laughs> yep. it! I was hoping you were going to be like, no, it's it's rainbows and sunshine now. I don't know what everybody's talking about, and then I could you know swoop yeah, in. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of. Uh, I get to uh, uh, experience firsthand all of the things that I've heard from other developers over the years. <laughs> I, I'll say, like, there is an element. Maybe it's because I'm a dork and I've been listening to podcasts by these people for so long. But every once in a while, I'll run into, like, a code signing issue or one of these sort of classic uh, Apple developer complaints. Mm -hmm. And I'm angry and I'm upset, but I'm also like, I feel like a real developer, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, almost, it's almost fun. Check this off the yeah, list. Now somebody I'm, sends no, you an angry uh, like review and you're like, ah, I got one of those. Like there's a yeah. real person out there or a real bot or whatever it is. Uh, it makes you mm -hmm. feel like more like a real developer, I guess. Um, I haven't, I haven't had like a clone app yet. That's one of my, mm. you know, if somebody out there listening is a copyright theft person, feel free. I mean, I'm not legally giving you permission, but I want to send a cease and desist letter. I don't feel like, you know, a real developer yet. Uh, cause, cause there's no like check that box. dark nose app out there or something. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's, that's what I want to see. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, uh, I'm excited about, uh, seeing what the, the watch app looks like. Maybe by the time this comes out, you know, it'll have uh, snuck out there. I don't think so. I think this one will actually come out relatively quickly. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see. It's there's, I'm, I'm at the point where I think I need to start cutting stuff in this. There was more things that I wanted to add besides the watch app, some stuff to the, the actual app mm. itself. And I was like, mm, I don't know. I'm hitting, coming up on that. Uh, <laughs> end of may is approaching faster yes, than yes, i it is. wanted to be <laughs> so we'll see but uh it's been a lot of fun to work on it and i i i i feel like i've not been on a single particular feature i've not been this excited working on it in in a while so it, it's been kind of uh exciting and invigorating in that way too yeah that's awesome to hear it's like i'm I'm uh, sort of uh, Mr. Milchick levels of jazzed about <laughs> about this. I can work enough. Nice severance joke there. Yes, I like it. Uh, man, if yeah, if you don't get that joke, go watch Severance because that show oh, is please. outstanding. Yes, please do. <laughs> um, uh, I'm I've actually been listening to the uh, the Apple Music uh, Defiant Jazz mm. playlist as my my coding Ooh. music for a while. Very Ooh. good. Highly recommend it. Ooh. Um, I need to check that out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we end up turning this into a severance uh, reactions podcast, <laughs> uh, I'm going to, I'm going to try and wrap us up here. So I want to, I want to end this with the same question I ask everybody, which is uh, what's a, a person or people out there that have inspired you that you'd recommend other people check out? Well, the, this would be cheating, so this is not my official answer, but uh, you. Oh, no. You are. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're smart and knowledgeable and funny, and you're involved in the community and really outgoing, and you're a likable guy, and I'd like to be more like you when oh I grow up. Oh, my gosh. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm glad this isn't one of those uh, video ones and, you know, I'm like blushing. Uh, well, thank you. I agree. That's cheating. Uh, nobody should ever do that again. <laughs> so that's uh, not my official answer. <laughs> but thank you. But I just want to say thank you for for all you do in, in the community. And it's it's been a pleasure watching you do, do your thing. Appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, so my, I guess my official answer then, um, so of course I'm inspired by a lot of the, the developers I follow on Twitter, some who have been on the show themselves and some who have already been mentioned. Um, so I have a non-developer person, Perfect. if that's okay. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I feel like I have to explain every time, but I actually, I actually really like when it's people outside mm. of, uh, outside of the sort of sure. traditional iOS sphere. Cause I think that's where a lot of the exciting um, new ideas can kind of get injected into the space. Yeah. So non-developer, but very involved in the, the tech community uh, is Kathy Campbell. Oh yeah. Who is a business unicorn and the relay FM community manager and also co-host of podcasts, Roboism and conduit. And she's just a very, kind generous person who's very positive and optimistic and has this this superpower where she can take a frustrating or depressing or sad uh situation or experience and find the good in it she's really good at that and it's something that she inspires me to be better at especially in the last couple of years when finding good has been hard yeah definitely <laughs> so and it's easy to uh fall into the shared misery uh, uh yes. sort of camaraderie <laughs> yep <laughs> exactly so kathy campbell no that's that's a very very good one and yeah she's i, I feel like she's kind of uh exploding into the relay fm podcast mm -hmm. scene yes uh, yes yeah yeah that's yeah, a, that's great. a good one it's great having more of her around <laughs> that's awesome all right well um i guess i'm not i'm not doing too horrible on time but i'm a little bit over as i usually am uh so uh so <laughs> Fine i guess by me <laughs> we probably should wrap this up uh so where can people find you and your work uh i'm on twitter at at joe rebar it's j-o-e-h-r-i-b as in bravo a-r uh you can find timery at at timery app spelled like it sounds <laughs> and uh <laughs> go to timeryapp.com to find out more about uh time tracking with timery awesome perfect thank you so much for coming this has been absolutely a pleasure this has been a blast charlie thank you so much for for having me on i i listen to all these shows so it's it's kind of surreal to be <laughs> on it now this time so this is but this has been great i'm very excited and thank you very much do you li do you listen at normal speed or are you a fast speed person uh it's one x but i have the the, the smart the, speed the, the trim okay, silence okay. yeah yeah well, i was gonna say because i've been on i've had some people on that i listen to all the time and it is an extremely uh, disorienting mm. experience because yep, I'm, yep. I'm one of the weird fast speed people. And sure. for the first couple minutes, it's like they're just kind of drawling really slowly at yeah. me. Uh, and then I'm <laughs> afraid I'm it. talking at super fast speed, which sure. I probably am. Uh, so awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to discuss the show, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Chucky C or tweet the show directly at launched.fm. I'd really appreciate a rating or review in Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Breaker, or whatever your podcast of choice happens to be. And you can find show notes and more at launchedfm.com. Launched